Thank you for joining us for another power-packed message from Pastor Sharat Yelaseri, brought to you by the friends and partners of Eagle Mount Church, transforming believers into eagles who can soar above every mountain that may stand in their way, empowering them to be leaders for their generations. We hope that this message will transform you. Get ready to soar. Hello and welcome to Eagle Mount Church. I'm so happy that you're joining us this Sunday. You know, what a warm Sunday it is. What an exciting day for us to learn again about the Word of God. You know, take some time, share this link with some of your friends. You know, make sure that this link has gone to the people that you love, that you care about. Because today we are going to be learning about something that is amazing. I enjoyed preparing this for you today. And, and share this link with some of your friends. And then, you know, because we are online, what we are supposed to do is pay more attention. Therefore, if there is something that you need to put on silent or if there is something that you need to, you know, just put aside, go ahead, do that because we are constantly reminded of things that we are supposed to be doing other than just concentratedly, completely listening to the word of God and drawing from it, okay? Faith comes by hearing. So the devil will try to attack your hearing by reminding you of things that are not off today right you know so suddenly you'll think of something in the kitchen suddenly you'll think of snacks and if you are like me you will go get the snacks so what i'm trying to say is switch off everything get yourself focused so that you know you are primed and ready to go so today we are going to learn about romans chapter 7 romans chapter 7 see until now we were attacking a problem a problem that, especially in Romans chapter 6, we saw, if you're sinning after salvation, how can you still do that? You can't. <clears throat> Why? Because what, what part does uh, sin have in life? Right? Sin brings forth death and forgiveness brings forth life. Therefore, if you're communing of God, what communion do you have? The things which are not of God. So therefore, we were seeing the difference of what a sinner is called, right? A sin is a noun we saw last week. And, and today also we are going to start looking more deeply into what Paul is talking about, okay? So now um, we are not going to start from the beginning of chapter 7, but I'm going to start from chapter 8, verse 1. Yes, today is about chapter 7. However, we are going to start from chapter 8, verse 1, because this is how the verse reads. It reads, so now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. Actually, if you read it in the NKJV version, if you read it from um, NKJV, it uses the word, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ who walk, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. You see, the word therefore, see, I don't understand how they had to put, divide the chapter 8 here, you know, because therefore has, has uh, something before it, right? You can't just say, you can't just start a sentence with therefore, because therefore is following something, right? Therefore is following of something, right? Therefore has to be followed, I mean, preceded by something or else you can't use the word therefore so I don't know why uh, chapter 8 verses 1 starts off with therefore however because it starts off with therefore we there is something behind it right if you watch Christopher Nolan's movie Memento you'd be very interested because it starts from the beginning actually we don't know where it starts from so anyway 
that's a nice movie to watch but see we are going to take something inspiration from there we are going to see the end and then we are going to travel back and we are going to journey from the what we know as of right now we know that therefore there is now no more condemnation right so when you sin jesus does not condemn you why see this is one of the most controversial subjects okay bear with me because we are going to journey this together we are going to journey this slowly steadily because i want you to get the most of this and i want you to identify with it because you know um you are only going to get the fullest of the uh, word of god once the revelation comes okay you are only see the the more you know the better the more you know the more you know right if you don't know you won't know if you don't know you won't know therefore i want you to understand because this is something very important and this is one of the most a uh, sensitive and the controversial things because i'm going to bring forth to you the uncompromised truth and the privilege that jesus has put forth for you which most people kind of compromise it which most people kind of want to take control over it because they lose control you know so so here therefore there is now no more condemnation for those who are in christ so now let me ask you a question are you in christ what does that mean let's set definitions let's set some definitions straight okay straight are you in christ that means whoever is born again he is a new creation the old has gone behold all things have become made new and that means what have you been made you have been made an in christ personality are you listening you have been made an in christ spirit now your spirit has been made one with god right are you listening so that because right now your spirit has been made one with god you are also called the body of christ and you have become the temple of the holy spirit why because the old has gone the new has come so now for me to ask you and to you for you to answer are you in christ means are you born again if you are born again this verse can be read like this therefore there is now no condemnation to those who are born again okay and this is a comma here there is a comma who do not walk according to the flesh who do not walk the born again do not walk according to the flesh but they walk according to the spirit now paul is bringing a very good separation separation listen to me carefully separation between flesh and spirit flesh and spirit okay rightly dividing see over the years over the years um we kind of blur the lines between some of the christian fundamentals you know some of the things that we are taught we kind of blur these lines therefore we know what we know but we don't know as much as we are supposed to know okay we know that hey yes there we are a spirit we are living in a body and we have a mind we understand that or you can un- you, you understand that man is a threefold man but the division is not uh, specific it's not sharp so the lines are blurry but now let me bring some clarity let us bring some clarity and understand that hey guess what there is walking in the spirit and walking in the flesh why because you are born again you have another walk and you walk according to what 
listen to me you walk because you are born again because you have uh, uh, received jesus christ as your personal savior you are in christ now you do not walk in the flesh but you walk in the spirit okay you do not walk in the flesh but you walk in the spirit now why is there no condemnation for you does that mean so if you go and sin right now let us say if we have an uh, a prideful moment right now does that mean god is not condemning you yes it means that god does not condemn you why because the payment for the sin has been justified by christ on that cross so now if god condemns you he's insulting that cross or if god condemns you he's saying the cross is not valid therefore hey you are a sinner now are you listening to me are you listening to me therefore there now exists no condemnation no condemnation you are once and for all see this is where many people have a problem you are even we have a problem believing it we cannot understand and perceive and acknowledge and understand and have a revelation that once and for all we have been made righteous why because our peanut brains want to always understand that we are sinners so we bring condemnation upon ourselves and i want to i want to i want to stay on this verse for a while i was watching one of the ted talks videos okay and one of the doctors was actually talking about uh, children uh, stress things okay where children experience trauma in their young age okay it can be where uh, it can be where uh, the parents come home drunk or it can be where the parents are fighting or it can be a uh, you know it's not the child's fault it's not the child's fault but trauma has been inflicted upon the child and what does that child do she does she gave me a very good she gave on the ted talk a very good example she said what if you were in a forest and suddenly you saw a bear or you saw a tiger your heart would pound and it would send in, send information to your uh, uh, body and it releases ad- adrenaline so now your eyes are sharp your eyes are open you can hear properly everything is sharp and you are ready to go you are either ready to kill the bear or you are either ready to run but you are ready to do something but what if the bear comes home all the time what if the bear comes home all the time at one point you have gotten such an overdose of adrenaline or stress as she calls it that it traumatizes you it traumatizes you and she said okay in the study that they were they have conducted she said whoever goes through stress whoever goes through stress at their young age or at any age or at any point in their life they are susceptible or they are more likely you know how more likely she said they are 12 times more likely to take their own life she said they are te- four times more likely to get cancer they are two times more likely to get a health disorder they are many times more likely to fail not because of them not because they are incapable but because stress or condemnation has come upon them are you understanding somebody calling a child name stress is the enough number of times not once not twice but continuously continuously that that condemnation now becomes the child's reality that now he is more likely to lose the fullest of his life to to lose the greatness or the flower of his youth why because something has come out and has put 
inside of him. Most diseases, most health problems come arise through stress. And you know how stress arises? Through condemnation. Through condemnation. And condemnation is the root for all kinds of death. Why? 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 Because condemnation kills, the Bible says, but the spirit edifies. This is the Bible. Condemnation kills, but the spirit edifies. Science just is proving what the Bible has said. Condemnation kills, but the spirit edifies. Christ has now come to give life and life more abundantly. And in order for him to give life, therefore there is now no more condemnation for you, my brother, because you are in Christ. And every kind of stress and every kind of condemnation was taken on that cross. In those three hours that Jesus, or six hours that Jesus was hanging on that cross, and until he said, it is finished, your stress became his stress. Your condemnation became his condemnation. Now, when you come or come into a place of contact with sin. God cannot condemn you. Why? Because he's condemned Jesus on behalf of you. God cannot count out on you. Why? Because he's counted it on Jesus out already. So now if God counts it already on you, that makes God an unjust God. But God is not an unjust God. Therefore, because Jesus said it is finished, there now is no condemnation for you. You are righteous. You are as righteous as you can get. You are the whitest of snows, the shiniest of diamonds, and the brightest of pearls. Are you understanding? Therefore, now there is no condemnation. But then Paul, in the previous chapter, see now we talked about the end product, right? We are going from the end to the beginning. We are going and we are journeying into seed. But we sin, right? We sin. Does this mean now... I can sin as freely as I want to because God doesn't ever condemn me. Does this, does this give me a licentious attitude? That's what we are going to talk about right now. Does this give me a licentious attitude? There is two ways to this, okay? People are so bothered, at least in, in, my, in my observation, people are so bothered about what people might do, the might question, that they don't give them because they have a fear of their future. Are you understanding? People want to have a sense of control over somebody else's life. Therefore, they don't give them the fullest of anything that they are giving them. They give them the half. Did you know whenever your parents would give you a phone or something when you were a child, it, they, it comes with a parental lock. Right? It comes with the parental. You can't access everything. Why? Because the parents have a fear that, hey, you might, see, that is good parenting, that's good parenting, but I'm just talking, I'm giving you a few examples. When you give, I mean, at least when I used to give my bike to my brother, you know, a few years back, I used to say, hey, Sunny, there is no petrol. But there would be petrol, just that my bike did not have a petrol thing, that indicator. So my brother is now under assumption that he can't go further because there is no petrol in that. But there was petrol. I just didn't want him to take my bike away. And because people don't, people assume that people might go forth and go and sin, that people are scared about their future, that they don't give the fullest of the gospel of grace, of the fullest of the finished work of Jesus Christ, what he has done, because they want to have a sense of fear. Listen to me. They want you to have the fear of punishment or the fear of doom that will keep you from sinning. 
therefore they will they will not give you the gracious god they will give you an angry god they will not show you a god who is loving kind but they will show i understand god is both lion and the lamb but here we are talking about the covenant principles god god is same yesterday today and forever he was angry with sinners he is that's why exactly he became angry with jesus on that cross that's why jesus had to said lord my lord why have you forsaken me because all the anger that he could have ever been angry with you he put it on jesus christ that that's the good news so he is now your friend we have peace with god romans chapter 3 romans chapter 4 we became friends with god romans chapter 5 all all things have become made new you have much more abundance of life and thriving in life because of what jesus had done on the cross how much more greater is he than the first adam jesus being the second adam if you are still in the fear of god scared of punishment scared of doom that means you are honoring the first adam or you are thinking the first adam sin was greater than the finished work of jesus christ on that cross so you are still in fear of punishment like adam was and you are not coming into the glory that moses when he came down from the mountain beholding the face of god going to glorier and glorier and glorier knowing he became the manifested image of god you are insulting the cross by saying hey god might punish me chapter 7 i'm going to read or i'm i'll read in nlt just for easier understanding now brothers and sisters you are familiar with the law don't you know that the law applies only while a person is living don't you know that the law applies only when the person is living for example when a ma- woman marries the law binds her to her husband as long as he is alive right that's why a woman and a man in their marriage have vows saying until death do us apart until death see a woman is bound by the law to the man until she's dead at least the biblical law we are not talking about constitutional law indian law no we are talking about biblical judeo christian ethics and the law that bible establishes that a woman is bound or a husband is bound to the woman until death do them apart now if one of them is still alive and the man or the woman chooses to embrace another man or another woman what does that happen so while the husband is still alive she would be committing adultery if she married another man but if her husband dies she is free from that law which does not commit adultery when she remarries see paul is establishing the principle of the covenant he is saying hey you were once married to the law you were once married to the 10 com- see people today okay they say they live by the 10 commandments they live by the 10 commandments but do you know the 10 commandments you can never live by the law but people don't emphasize on the new testament because that is where they are under you have to know the terms of see again we we talked a few weeks ago jeremiah says uh, remind them the terms of my conditions if you don't know the terms of your condi- i mean the terms of the conditions or the terms of the covenant that god has established for you you cannot if you don't know you won't know now you are bound you were once bound by the law to the law but what did jesus do he came and he fulfilled the law making the law dead to you now you are legally dead to that law you are legally dead to that law 
making you available for another marriage and in this marriage you have become the bride to the groom of Jesus Christ understand church is the bride of Jesus Christ so now you go remarry Christ and now if you still go back to that old husband or go back to your ex you are causing an adulterous move you are saying i want an old wine in the new new skin i want new wine in old skin it doesn't work the skin tears apart you lose both you don't get anywhere you are in a blurred line in a gray area that's why we are talking specifics right now so let's go down let's go down let's go down was for so brothers and sisters this is the point you died to the power of the law when you died with christ you died to the power of the law see many people don't tell you this they will still scare you with the old testament things they will still put fear inside of you with the old testament things why because they want to have a sense of control over you they want to have a sense of uh, uh, you know robotic thing over you they are fearful about the movements that you will make in your future so they'll think that oh if we tell them the true grace of jesus christ they might go and sin however see look this look at this if you understand see there is a story that one, one uh, i heard somewhere okay this man uh, says hey here is the ladder to heaven you can go to heaven here is the ladder but here is also a chalk take this piece of chalk and for every sin you commit draw a circle on the ladder draw a circle on the ladder so this man says okay fine good deal i'll climb and then at one point he started climbing down the ladder and then people ask him hey why are you climbing down the ladder you're supposed to heaven is that way he said yes i need more chalk you see we don't stop sinning we don't stop sinning but the more we know about the word of god the more we know about the standard of god the more we know that we need a bag full of chalk we need actually a house full of chalk we need a world full of chalk because no chalk in any world can can be there because we sin so much we fall short of the glory of god so much and that's exactly what i'm saying the more you know the more you humble yourself the more you know the more you say christ i need a savior and that's exactly what jesus did you know he brought you christ he gave you a new way a new path to go to heaven that you don't need all this chalk business anymore you don't need for you to condemn yourself or pay the price or carry a big burden anymore jesus did that for you so now you have uh, uh, let me read from verse 4 so my dear brothers and sisters this is the point you died to the power of the law when you died with christ now you are united with the one who was raised from the dead that is jesus as a result we can produce a harvest of good deeds now listen to me there is something inside of you which has died that means when you were baptized it was a picture of something inside of you being dead remember last week we were talking about something we were talking about sin and sin was a personality it was a noun it was a noun it was not sinning it was not verb but it was noun so now when you were died with christ and you were raised up back in christ one part of you died and another part of you was raised up and that is the part that here in romans chapter 8 verses 1 paul is talking that those who are in christ there is no more condemnation they live by the spirit and not by the flesh how many of you know the story of jekyll and hyde 
Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Edward Hyde. I'm sure you know. This doctor found himself in a battle within himself. Are you understanding? He wanted to do good, but he couldn't do good. He wanted to do good, but he couldn't do good. He wanted to see. Dr. Jekyll was such a great guy. He was so kind, so helpful, everything. But then Edward Hyde. A personality of the same person, a split personality of the same person was a cold-blooded murderer. The complete opposite of Jekyll. There could not be any more difference between them. But they were one. They were completely opposite. But they were one. They were completely opposite. They lived together. At one point, he found himself trying to control the evil side, trying to control Hyde. However, he found out that as time went on, Hyde started taking over. He started taking over. And at one point, this evil character would come at any point, at any point it would come and over-control the good guy of Jekyll. And when you were baptized, that's exactly what happened. The spirit inside of you was raised. And the flesh was dead. Sin has gone away. Are you understanding? The personality of sin has died. And you are made alive. See, come down. When but we are controlled by our old nature. See, you have Jekyll and you have Hyde. When you are controlled by your own old nature, what arises? Sinful desires are work within us. And the law aroused these evil desires that produced the harvest of sinful desires resulting in death. When we are controlled by our sinful nature. Paul is bringing a divide between the flesh and the spirit. But now we have been released from the law. For we died to it and are no longer captive to this power. Now we can serve God. Not in the old way of being obedient to the letter of the law. But in the new way of living in the spirit. See, uh, sometimes you know people talk about... Uh, I, I know that um, I, I preach that you have to first be a Christian and then you can do the things of a Christian. First you have to be righteous and then the righteousness things will come. But others preach that first you do and then you become. But that's wrong. The biblical way is you be and then you become. You be and then you do. A doctor is not made a doctor because he did some hundred surgeries and then he said, see, I've done surgeries, now make me a doctor. No. First he becomes a doctor and then he does the things of a doctor. First you are born again and then you do the things of a born again man. Remember the story that we were talking about, the, I mean the illustration that uh, Paul brought forth about a woman in marriage with her husband. And the husband died. Imagine, okay, now that husband died, but let's just think, okay, she now has a chance to say no to the past. The husband is dead. The things of the husband, when it comes back, she can't say yes. Now, I mean, she can say yes, but she can say no too. We were slaves to sin, the Bible says, at one point, that she had no choice in the past life to do the things of what the husband says, to do the things of everything the husband says. She had no choice. That's what slaves have. They have no choice but 
to obey and the freedom for slaves is their death and and you know for for slaves dying is better because at death they get the freedom but they have no more life after that to enjoy the freedom that death earned them but this is what happened sin died and it earned you a freedom through Christ that you can now reign in life now if the ex comes back again she can say no she can say get out she can say hey why are you coming to my house my new life is here go away from me she can say no but sometimes we all fall what if you go and indulge back with that husband how does this make this husband feel how does this make your new spouse feel to know that he has got you by a price to know that he has i mean um, uh, bought you by his own life with his own blood with something that you can never accomplish knowing that the full world could never have won you this man but he gave his everything humbled himself came down and got married to you would you still go back to your old you know the love that you have for god for the new husband the love that you have for the new husband will make your no so strong that no matter how many times this old nature of hide and the ex husband come back i'm see i'm bringing a point i'm driving a point how many ever times this old nature comes back because you love the lord because you know that there is a great divide between you and god and nothing can ever bring you close however god came down love came down and it has taken you made you one with the resurrected body of Christ the love that you have that you knowing you are unworthy have been made right with God and now you have the second name of God in your life that now you are worthy the love that you have for this new husband will make you resist every evil say how dare you come back to my house you know i'm done with you you know you are no longer me we are no longer slaves to fear no longer slaves to condemnation no longer slaves to sin because freedom has come well am i then suggesting that the law of god is simple of course not in fact it was the law that showed me my sin i would have never known that coveting was wrong if the law had not said it you must not covet but sin used this command to arouse all kinds of covetous desires within me if there was no law sin would not have that power the law showed you your unworthiness it showed you the gap between you and god at one time i lived without understanding the law but when i learned the commandment not to come okay and then i died so discover the law's commandments which were supposed to bring life brought spiritual death instead sin took advantage of those commandments and deceived me it used those commands to kill me but still the law itself is holy and the commands are holy right and good how can that be did the law which is good cause my death of course not sin used what was good to bring forth my condemnation see if i had all the time in the world we could just spend weeks on these verses but here so the trouble is not with the law for it is spiritual and it is good the trouble it is is with me for i am all too human a slave to sin i don't really understand myself for i want to do what is right but i don't do it instead i do what i hate but i want 
but if i know that what i am doing is wrong this shows that i agree that the law is good so i am not the one who is doing wrong it is the sin living in it me in me that is doing it you know why god does not condemn you because it is not you who is doing that sin it is the sin in you remember last week we spoke about sin being a nature sin being a noun sin nature dying to sin nature we go and see in uh, um verse 5 when we are controlled by our old nature that is the sin nature it is not you who sins anymore but it is the flesh the split personality that you have the flesh that you have sins but if i do what i don't want to do i am not really the one who's doing it it is the sin living in me that does it Paul repeats this verse two times, seventeen and twenty. So, am I the one doing wrong? I am not the one doing wrong. It is the sin living in me that does it. That's why you know, when you were born again, your spirit was redeemed, but your body has not redeemed yet. Your body will die, but your spirit never dies. Your flesh. That's why three parts to human man. Spirit. soul and body spirit mind and body the body was not made new your spirit is what was made new your body will still have the desires of the flesh your body will still sin however your spirit has been made perfect your spirit has is your identity now if you still identify with your body that's your problem you have to not say hey once you are married to this new husband you can never 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 say hey that is my husband now because you are legally made right with god god will never leave you he will never forsake you because he has legally taken you but he will not stop you when you want to go back and indulge with that he will not stop you but god is so gracious you know he has given you and and i wonder you know how much do we have to how much insult does one of our indulgence with our old self bring to god how much insult would it bring to that cross when we say hey you know what cross i know that you are my husband but i'm not getting my fullest happiness and my fullest pleasure from you so what i'm going to do is here i'll keep you here for a while you just stay there i will go and get some pleasure from my old self that's what the israelites did they brought the think about it you know think about it isn't that equal to prostitution isn't that equal to harlotry ponder upon that for a while if you are letting this old personality of hide come over and take upon you while you have the opportunity and the full power to resist the devil and he will flee from you while you have the full opportunity for every single temptation that comes your way to say no because the love for you the love that you have for god is much more greater how much more insult will that bring to this love that you have when you go back and indulge with the old self are you understanding if you love your mother if you love your father you will do 
what they ask you to do, not because you want to do what they ask you to do, but because you love them and honor them. Right? Right? Would you say your mom is ugly? Would you say your mom is, you know, disgusting? I mean, I'm not talking about, I understand there is different kinds of um, bad parenting experience, trauma and all of that, but generally speaking, Every child loves their mother. I was in Singapore living with my cousin, right? She had a son, Jess. And this guy every day would bring a flower from somewhere in the garden, bring to his mother, because she was his world. And nothing can stop that love that he had for his mother. Why? Why? Because he loved her mother. His mother. And that love that he had would make him honor the things the mother said. Would make him honor the things of the mother. And that's exactly the power that God has given you. To understand the greatness of his love. When we will see in Romans chapter 8, actually we'll just go to see it right now. It says Romans chapter 8 verses excuse me, my my throat. Romans chapter 8 verses uh, when we go see. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from, the God, from God's love. Neither death nor life. Neither angels nor demons. Neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from, the God, from God's love. No power in sky or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will be ever able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. The love that God has for you can never separate. Nothing can ever separate it from you. And now, imagine the husband who loves the bride that is you so much. If you say, hey, I want to go back to my ex-husband, isn't that bringing shame to this husband? Isn't that bringing insult to this husband? Isn't that bringing dishonor to this husband? How much more what you have died for? See, a dog returns to its vomit, we read in the Bible. Let's not raise this jackal back alive. Let's say no, because there is no condemnation. Let me tell you. Let's finish chapter 17. This is the thing, if I get started on Romans, I can't stop. So bear with me, please. So chapter, verse 17, I'll just read from a little forward. So am I the one, I'm not the one doing wrong. It is the sin living in me that does it. And I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I cannot. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I want to do, I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. But if I do what I don't want to do, I am not really the one doing wrong. It is the sin in me that does it. I have discovered this principle. Listen to this. Verse 21, highlight it in your Bible. I have discovered this principle of life. That when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. Paul had discovered the principle of Jekyll and Hyde. He had discovered that there is a war between flesh and spirit at all times. I love God's law with all my heart. But 
there is another power that is in war with my mind. This power makes me slave to the sin that is within me. Oh, what a miserable man I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? He answers that same question. Thank God that the answer is Jesus Christ our Lord. So, you see how it is in my mind. I really want to obey God's laws. But because of my sinful nature, I am a slave to sin. Because of hide, old nature, because you are still in the body, you are a slave to sin. Therefore, now we come to verse chapter 8 verses 1. See, many times people still end up there and say, I am a slave to sin in chapter 7 verses last 25 verse. And they say, I am a slave to sin. And then they'll be like, I am a sinner. I am still, oh, what is the point of the cross? I am still a sinner. No, boy, no. It is the jack, it's the hide that is inside of you that is a sinner. Therefore, now, there is no condemnation for whoever is born. Let me read from NKJV. It says, there is now therefore no, no, no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to, see, you do not, this is a command, this is not a, this is not a command for you not to walk in the flesh. It is, it is an establishment of a principle that every born again person does not walk in the flesh, but he walks in the spirit. You come down to verse 9. It says, but you are not in the flesh. If you were in the flesh, you would be a sinner. But you, because you are born again, you, because you walk in the spirit, you are therefore a new creation. Behold, all things are made new. Behold, you have been made a new creation. Oh, how I wish I had a congregation in front of me that is screaming hallelujah right now and screaming praises to Jesus, but I'm preaching to a camera. Oh, you are not in the flesh but in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God dwells in you, you are in the spirit. Now if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. I'm, I'm done preaching. I'm done. I'm done. Now tell me, my friends. Tell me. If somebody comes and calls you names, because the Bible says the devil is the accuser of the brethren, if somebody comes and says, hey, you are a sinner. If somebody comes and says, hey, you are ugly. If somebody comes and says, hey, you are bad, you are a liar, you are a thief, you are a robber, you are good for nothing. If somebody is bringing, excuse me, if somebody is bringing condemnation and stress into your life, you know what you can do? Ignore it. Ignore it. Because the devil is the liar and he is also the accuser. And every accusation that the devil brings forth to you is a lie. Because when in heaven he's accusing you before the king of kings and the lord of lords, God says, hey devil, yes, the payment has been paid. All things have been finished on that cross. Death has been done away with. Life has come for this man. Therefore, because he is in man, he is worthy of heaven. Bring him to heaven. The devil lies to you in your mind. Don't fall for the lies of the devil. Something must be broken in your life. Maybe some words that were spoken or some past things that have happened have caused you trauma, but there is freedom in Christ. See how stress and condemnation and fear are the biggest result of, I mean, are the biggest contributors for people to losing their health. That's a biblical principle. Condemnation kills, but the spirit edifies. You need to enter into the spirit. 
maybe you are still identifying with this hide personality you know the hide personality is done away with you are now dr jekyll you are now a new creation you are made alive to the spirit say hallelujah say hal i want to hear hallelujah are you understanding ah i preached good today man i preached good share this with your friends share this with some of your friends and say hey guys you know what you don't have to worry anymore you are not the condemned person that people condemn you to be now is the time to sow i have given you an opportunity to sow into this ministry you know there are a lot of things that this world needs right now and you know the greatest thing that it needs it needs the spreading of the gospel and when you contribute to this ministry you are propelling the gospel into many 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 people's lives okay that's what we are trying to do we are trying to spread the gospel and this is an opportunity for you to contribute and to sow into our ministry and here the bible says okay the bible says let's go to genesis chapter 26 Genesis chapter 26 verses 6 verses 1 let's read a severe famine now struck the land as happened before in Abraham's time so Abraham moved so Isaac moved to Gerar where Abimelech the king of Philistine lived so lord said do not go down to egypt as, but do as i tell you live here as a foreigner in this land and i will bless you here i hereby confirm that i will give you these lands to your descendants just as i solemnly promised to abraham your father and then when isaac planted verse 12 his crops later that year he harvested a hundred times more grain than he planted for the lord blessed isaac isaac wanted to go back into a land where there was no famine but lord said hey no 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 stay here in this land of famine so in this land so here right now i will prove to you that i am god my promise to abraham has now become your promise because you are the son of abraham and you watching right now you are the son of abraham and when you sow into a land when you sow into the kingdom of god the promise keeping god no matter where you sow the harvest is going to come to you i'm not trying to say that so because you want harvest don't don't so because you want so because you love the the wife now here in this new covenant serves the husband people serve god worship holy 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 oh lord god almighty you know why because they know they can't give anything more your offering is a worship bring it forth unto god in worship you can give nothing more you can get nothing more because you have it all in jesus name amen amen thank you so much for watching i am so blessed right now by this sermon if you are blessed share this and you know send this across and make sure that you are subscribed to our channel on uh, youtube and you know we are on podcast as well so all these sermons that you're hearing right now they are on podcast so that's great right so go subscribe to uh, the podcasts and uh, share them with your friends and we will see you this friday have an amazing amazing week god bless you thank you for listening to this message we trust that it has been a blessing to you 
Our goal is to project you into your fullest calling by strengthening your spirit to do everything you were created to do. It is your continued love, support, and partnership with Eagle Mount Church and Pastor Sharat Yelisiri that makes these messages possible. For more information and to find out how you can partner with us, visit www.eaglemount.in. That's www.eaglemount.in. See you for the next episode. Until then, soar on!